Hi, I'm Ann Hillman with Alaska Public Media's Solutions Desk, a look at what's working to make Alaska communities stronger. Spring Creek Correctional Center has an internal economy, a legal one. The inmates run a prison store that sells food, hygiene items, and clothing. Profits from the store stay inside the facility and are divided up between nine different funds, including one that provides equipment for the hobby shop. Anthony Garcia sits at a long table facing the cement wall of the prison's hobby shop. He's using an air-powered tool to engrave a piece of silver with tiny forget-me-not flowers. A small desk light shines on the intricate pattern. A shelf above his workstation holds books on handicrafts and Mayan art and supply catalogs. This is where I do all my thinking right here. This takes you away too. Usually I have some headphones on, have the music going, and just get lost. Garcia has been and will be in prison for a long time. When he's not in the hobby shop, he's teaching classes on morals and ethics to other inmates, hoping that they won't end up in the same situation. Garcia says being in the hobby shop helps him focus and makes him some money. He sells his bracelets and carvings, then reinvests it back into his work, buying his own silver, copper, and wood. Yeah, I just uh, save my money. I'll sell that stuff out. Um, the money comes back in, I make another order. Every, like, if I make 400, I'll put 300 back in silver. So it just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. So. Where's the other 100 go? Uh, I gotta eat chicken, box of chicken. <laughs> gotta eat. But Garcia's art isn't as lucrative as it could be. He first learned to carve 10 years ago at Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau, where an expert taught him to make paddles. He shows off a long piece of yellow cedar engraved with a beaver and a welcoming hand sign. I was getting $500 a paddle in Juneau, and up here I'm lucky if I can get 200 Spring Creek Superintendent Bill Lipinskis says there are a limited number of ways the guys can sell their work. Some mail it to their families, who sell it for them on the outside. Others put it in a glass case by the visiting room and hope it will be purchased. Lipinskis says he allows inmates to sell it to each other, too, through the shop. So if a guy wanted to buy his mom a nice bracelet for Mother's Day, they can do that through the shop. Again, keeping some of the, the hard-earned money in-house and supporting their craft. But Lipinska says the market, both inside and outside the prison, is too small. Too many of the guys are making copper and silver bracelets. He points up to Garcia's elegant paddle. I want to get him what he should be getting for that. I don't think people should get a deal just because this market's saturated, not for work like that. This isn't Walmart. The problem is very common. Wendy Jason, with the Prison Arts Coalition, says it's hard for prison artists across the country to sell their work. In some places, it's illegal, but rules vary by state and by institution. Jason says the guys at Spring Creek actually have it better than most because they have the support of the institution's staff. And what he's doing, what they're doing there is unique. It, it is pretty uncommon. In most cases, prisons, prison officials are not by any means that supportive of, um, of the art. Jason says people frequently contact her looking for advice on how to sell their work. She says some websites do market work for inmates, but the safest idea is for inmates to give it to people they trust and have them sell it for them. She also recommends that they not discuss the transactions over phones or in mail because communication is often monitored and inmates have been punished for doing it. She says despite the risks, she thinks selling inmate art is valuable on many levels. So they're creating something inside that is not just 
you know, income generating, but it's something meaningful to them. It's a piece of them that they're then sharing with the world. And so they're no longer completely, you know, disconnected and silent. Um, but also it's, you know, it's bringing in a little money potentially for the family that they, that they're not, that they're not able to be with. Lipinska says he's exploring options like setting up an Etsy shop or selling at fairs in Anchorage. In the meantime, many of the craftsmen are creating works to donate to local fundraising auctions in addition to trying to sell some for themselves. Because even if they can't make money, they can still make art. Want to hear more Solutions Desk stories? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are found. From the Solutions Desk, I'm Ann Hillman.